Good morning. Please join me in prayer. Lord God, may your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. I'm making them all nervous back there. So I was here just a few uh, a few weeks ago, back in January, during the sabbatical time, because um, it was just something I needed to do. And, and Chris said, I'm just going to let you be in the pew. And uh, I, I appreciated that. I appreciated just to be here, although we did uh, connect and smile. And thank you for being a church for so many years that has supported uh, the ministry at Camp Sentinel. So we are located about an hour north of here. And I, I, as I look around, just stories flood my mind. I see Vern in his, in his camper, and I see Susan swimming in the lake, and I look around. I see Mindy, little Mindy, because I came to camp um, in 2005, so Mindy was a camper back then, and now she's reading scripture and, uh, and here at the church and adulting. So, wow, this is cool. This is good to be here, but, um, and it's so good to be with the children and uh, just for a time of worship. So, I'll try to calm down a bit. I'm excited. I'm good, happy to be here. So, and as I said, I, I did just come off a sabbatical. So I've, besides being at camp, I serve as the uh, pastor at the Melvin Village Community Church. It's a little church in town. Um, Shirley Dayhill, if you know Shirley from way back, that was her church. And uh, she, she was a camp person. And, uh, and the church said, could you help us through a transition? And I said, Sure. Well, that transition was seven years ago, and uh, they they allow me the last Sunday of the month to uh, to you know go off. And actually, we have not only myself but Brandon, who's our site director, is in New Hampton this morning, and uh, Joseph, who's our program coordinator, he's in uh, he's in Sanborton. So we're we're telling the story, but. Not, it's not just a Sentinel uh, commercial today. Um, that's not what I'm here about. Um, I think camp is great. That's, I live it. I, I think it's important. I think it's important to take those times of stillness and rest. And, uh, uh, but I wanted to share a message with you this morning about our identity in Christ. And identity is something that's talked about quite a bit now. Um, but uh, I want to tell you that a few weeks ago, I, um, I took a nap. I'm a camp guy, so I do take a lot of naps. And... Um, it was on the Sea of Galilee, though, because um, a couple weeks ago, um, I was in Israel, and, uh, and as I was there, um, I found myself just on, on the boat, um, right on the Sea of Galilee, just finding myself in deep repose with the Lord. It was sweet. The water was calm. Um, I was in the presence of God, and I recalled that, that, that storm, that squall that came up on the lake that I'm, I'm looking at on the sea of Galilee um, when Jesus was with his disciples, and uh, he was at the stern of the boat asleep. Um, it's Mark 4, um, 38, and it's, uh, it says, with a great fright, the disciples awoke Jesus and said, don't you care if we drowned? And, and we remember where Jesus stands up, he says, Peace be still and quiets the storm. I see that's so needed today. We need the storms to be quieted around us. We need to go back to praising God and just remembering who God is in our lives. But the reflection as I was there on the Sea of Galilee, napping on a boat, 
reminded me of the importance of what we need to do in our seeking of God. And too often in times we seek God in times of storm, like the disciples, rather than in times of calm. Times of calm allow us to ground ourselves upon the Lord. We need to take time with God and our relationship with God this way, seeking God always. God is truly with us always, but we should be seeking God all the time and following his ways as the Psalms talk about. I'm reminded of a story many years ago of a Scottish woman went from home to home across the countryside selling thread and buttons and shoestrings. When she'd come to an unmarked road with two ways, she would toss a stick up in the air, and wherever the stick would land, that's the road that she would take. Well, one day she was seen throwing a stick up in the air several times. Someone said, why are you throwing that stick up in the air more than once? I thought it guided the direction. And she said, because it keeps going to the left, and I want to take the road to the right. (laughs) She continued throwing the stick in the air, which pointed the way that she wanted to go. Well, often in the crossroads, God puts us on paths sometimes Maybe that we don't, want, we don't want to go, but God has for us. It's not by chance the direction that we go in life. And when we faithfully follow and step forward with God, we trust God. Sometimes even trusting may take us on a different road or a different path. I didn't plan on being the pastor of the Melbourne Village Community Church. And often uh, people say, well, that's a lot for your plate. And I say, well, if it was my plate, it would. And I'd rather be there than in the belly of a fish. So you've got to follow God's plan. And this step of, of life and the path is called faith. In the journey of faith, we trust God the Father. We believe in God the Son. And we follow the discernment of the Holy Spirit who guides our decision-making. Our faith is deeply rooted in the identity as children of God. We know who we are in our faith journey as children of God, and we look for God to give us direction in life. Our identity and direction are challenged, again, perhaps more today than ever. We we should be constantly looking at new ways to serve God, remembering who God is, but simple ways are sometimes the way by meeting people where they're at. I love your sign on your door for Wednesdays from 12 to 1. Um, You serve a meal to the Portsmouth community. When uh, COVID came, we switched our gears and served God in new ways. We launched a program called Student Care, where parents had to go to work and they had no place to put their children because the schools were either closed or on the hybrid model and this and that. So we opened Camp Sentinel as a place for student care. We do a community youth group because we heard all these little churches in New England, they said, well, we don't have enough kids for a big youth group. So I said, what if we get six churches together and we have 25 youth that meet each week around the Lakes region of New Hampshire? We have to think of different ways. Angel Tree is a program dear to my heart at camp. And we say at Camp Sentinel that any child, every child, anyone can come to camp regardless of their situation. And Angel Tree is a program that mom or dad is in the prison system. And we had 15 children last year that came to camp. The best part about that is it levels the playing field, the sandbox. And uh, with that, no one knows their backstory. And 
Normally, we don't have problems with those kids because they don't come with the baggage. Again, we need to constantly look at ways to minister and to serve. Truly seeing people and ministering to the needs as we see them, as Christ sees them. Remembering that Jesus had eyes wide open for opportunities to minister. Jesus saw. Well, following God requires a crossroad, um, a choice at that crossroad. Following God, one we each need to make. Going down the path of commitment and following God. When we seek God, I see three things that are going on in these verses today as encouragement to us as we seek God. We need to remember who we are as children of God. Next, we need to show others, and I love how the scripture that Mindy read talked about proclaiming God's praises. Um, Another version says to show the goodness of God. They're the same because God is good. And then we need to receive the mercy of God. We see those three things in the verses. Remembering our identity, the verse begins talking about that we're not like that. Not like people who don't follow the message. We strive to follow God's word, for we're chosen people. First Peter, it's a powerful letter written by the Apostle Peter to Christians. Remembering that we are chosen by God and we have hope in God. And the main theme of the book, it centers around the atonement of Christ and how followers follow the teachings of Christ, disciples, and how we faithfully endure. Peter, originally called Simon, was one of the 12 disciples, the apostles. He and his brother Andrew joined Jesus early in the ministry and were with Jesus until his death. I was in the town, Capernaum, just a few weeks ago, and I saw where Jesus did a lot of his ministry right next to the Sea of Galilee. Peter was a passionate follower of Christ, as we know. He's also the one that denied Christ three times. Peter sees his wrong, and he reconciles with Christ in relationship. Peter reminds us that we are chosen by God. Our identity is in Christ. And with our identity in Christ, it is a function of our relationship with God. Again, our identity in Christ is a function of the relationship that we have with God. Who we are as children of God is about the relationship being chosen by God as we see in the scripture. And there's a newness to that that we see. And Galatians reminds us, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I will live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, Christ lives in us. And that's where our identity is. Remembering that Christ lives within us doesn't mean that we have to live with regret. We don't have to be burdened by the wrongs. We turn from them through confession as we just did, and we seek God's forgiveness and his peace. There's a great quote that relates to this this concept of living in regret and living in darkest days. And it says this, on the darkest days... When I feel inadequate, unloved, unworthy, maybe even anxious, I remember whose daughter or son I am, and I straighten my crown. (laughs) Remember that. We are children of the King. We are chosen, holy, and dearly loved by God. When we remember who we are, it's our call to show the goodness of God, the praises 
to God. First Peter 2 9, it continues, as a result, you can show others the goodness. You can declare my praises, for he called us out of darkness into the glorious light. When we identify with Christ, our feet are firmly planted in who we are, and we are to, able to show the goodness of God. His wonderful light shines. We show the goodness of God when we experience the goodness of God. Again, we show the goodness of God when we experience the goodness of God. That divine attribute of goodness is the description of God's essential character. It means that the Lord is good and God is not evil. We see the evidence of God's goodness each and every day through creation. The sun rises each day and the rain falls on the flowers bloom and the grass grows. God's faithfulness, his kindness, his gentleness, they're freely given. And Jesus came because he wanted to save us. He loves us. He died because he was willing, and his mercy are essential parts of his goodness. I love Psalm 23, the familiar psalm. In verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, verse 6, is almost a send-off when we look at the goodness of God. The goodness of God, it runs after us. God's goodness runs after us. God runs after us. And when we allow God to be our shepherd, we have assurance that the Lord will protect us and he watches over us and he cares for us. So when we remember that God is good, we show God's goodness, we praise God. But knowing that we're loved by God, how do we show that goodness? And I would just encourage you, just four quick ways to do that. We show God's goodness by listening. Listening is slowing down, and that's my job. That's what I do at camp, is I you know, welcome the children and rem- remind them on the 600 acres that it's time just to be still and know that he is God. Just take time to take a breath. But showing God's love is about listening. And we see with social media has increased communication. It's also given the false appearance of true connection and true relationships. The generation that was born, Generation Z, we call them. Uh, Many of our children are young people, 97 to 2012, our teens and young adults. They're the most connected generation, yet they're considered the loneliest generation. Again, we need to listen to one another. I often hear parents say, I, I, I don't understand what's going on with my children. I say, just, just listen to them, you know, or even adult children, or even, you know, vice versa, if we listen to one another. Listening starts by slowing down, asking questions, and really listening to people, seeking first to understand, not just preparing our response. Showing God's love requires listening to one another. Showing God's love also is about generosity. God instituted generosity. For God so loved the world that he gave. We think of generosity in terms of finances sometimes. How can we be generous with our time and our talents as well? All that we have. Listening, being generous. We also show God's love through encouragement. Encouragement is lifting someone else's burdens. As a church, we we remember that when we come into the house of the Lord. As we go from here, we remember that one of our, our jobs, our essential job, is to encourage one another. Encouragement means to make strong again. 
speaking life to someone through an encouraging word. Fourthly, we show God's love through acts of kindness. Again, listening, generosity, encouragement, kindness. These are all attributes of who God is, and therefore, knowing the identity of who we are, we have an urgency to share them. Showing kindness reminds us that love is not self-seeking. An act of kindness puts someone else before ourselves. We show God's love. When we listen, act generously, often encouragement and kindness, it not only lifts up the receiver, it fills the giver. It's good. And God tells us to show the goodness of God. Lastly, mercy we see in the verses here in 1 Peter 2.10. Once you had no identity as people, now we're God's people. Once you had no mercy, and now you've received God's mercy. Seeking God, it gives us identity. It reminds us that God is good, and we are to show the goodness of God and to receive God's mercy. Mercy means that even though we deserve to be punished, we are not punished. In fact, God blesses us instead. We receive God's mercy when we release, when we cast off, and we throw off hindrances that block receiving his mercy. Hindrances like self-condemnation, saying, I'm not good enough. Or on the flip side, self-righteousness, I'm too good. (laughs) Or failure to give mercy will also block receiving mercy. To receive God's mercy, it's important not to live in regret, hubris, or excessive pride, or bitterness, because God isn't these things. God is good, and we need to cling to the goodness of God. When we forgive the offenses and the offenders, and sometimes that could even be ourselves, we become set free. I want to close with uh, Romans 12. It's a beautiful verse. It begins in verse 9, and it reminds us as we go from here to cling to what is good. It's a recipe for goodness and mercy for ourselves and for others. Listen to these words. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and always keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. That's Romans 12, 9, if you want to print that off and put it on your... I say that's a, that's a bathroom mirror verse, like in the morning every day. You are a child of God. Your identity is in Christ, and remember that today. Listen, be generous, encourage, show kindness, goodness, receive mercy, and show mercy. Oh, and every once in a while, make sure you take a nap. Amen? Father God, we thank you for your teaching this morning. Lord, I thank you for this church as a beacon of light in the community. 
And God, as we come into your house this morning, we come to be refilled, to remember the truth, to come together in fellowship, to pray for one another. God, and to worship you. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Chris and Jamie and their family. I thank you for who they are to these people and who they are in the community. God, put your protection around them. Bless them. Keep them. And I thank you for these people. Lord, it's been good to gather this morning, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.